We're in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. We're going to begin reading with verse 9 of this chapter. And uh, boy, do we have some incredible stuff to talk about today. Amen. Sure glad that you're warm and warm as toast and ready to go. Revelation, chapter 21. Now, there's a lot said about the holy city, Jerusalem, and we still don't know enough about it, and it's hard to even get a picture of it because it's so incredible and so big. The new heaven and the new earth, not a lot said about the new heaven, not a lot said about the new earth. So when we get into the 22nd chapter of Revelation, and of course today as well, we probably will have to speculate a little bit about the new heaven and the new earth. There's a lot said about the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a uh, a bride adorned for her husband. And so we're going to begin. Let's stand for the read of God's word. And uh, we'll begin with verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. Boy, I didn't want to see him again. And he talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away into the, in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy city, or Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. I want to use for a subject this morning, looking for a city. You may be seated. Looking for a city. Abraham the father of many nations. Abraham, the father of not only the Jews, but the Gentiles alike that are born again and grafted into the family of God. It says in the 11th chapter of Hebrews that Abraham, when he left the land of Chaldees, God called him out of a land that was full of pagan idolatry and corruption God called Abram out of a place that was falling apart, that was disintegrating. It was a land that was in desperate need to be delivered from the curse. And so Abraham left that land not knowing where he went. I mean, no, I feel, and you feel probably a lot like Abraham. The land we're in now is falling apart. And so Abraham says, I'll follow God. So Abraham being called out, the Bible says that, verse 10 of Hebrews 11, for he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now I want you to notice he says this city is built with foundations. It's a literal city. And uh, we need to understand that it is a literal city. I want you to notice also verse 16 And those that struggled along in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints, many of them died because of martyrdom. They did did not obtain the promise. Verse 16, but now they desire a better country. 
that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Hebrews 13, verse 14. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Isn't that beautiful? And so we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that prayer has never been answered yet. But in this 21st chapter and the millennium prior, that prayer is answered. Abraham's strongest desire for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, is fulfilled here in this chapter 21. We look for a city. Here we have no continuing city. Here everything is decomposing. Everything is rotting. Everything is on a downward spiral. But we look for a city to come, a city in which there is no death, there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is no darkness, there is no deterioration, there is no shattered hopes, broken dreams. We look for a city that there is no filth and refuge outside the city, a place where the city is brand new, Constantly brand new, forever and forever and forever, it is everlasting. A city who God is the maker of. I am grateful for the fact that the Bible doesn't leave us just hanging. You know, there's a lot of people that they're just hanging. They're superstitious about the Bible. They're trying to say, well, this is spiritual, it's not literal. Well, what if I was to tell you it's both? It's both. You are not only literal, you're spiritual. Some of you are not very, but you are. Hello. And so we look at this city that's coming down. What an incredible place this city is. It speaks of of um, gems and stones, precious stones. In fact, that jasper, clear as crystal, is not like the jasper we think of today with colors, because some jasper comes in red and blue and yellow. But the Bible says this jasper will be clear, see-through. It will be, well, in our day, it's called a diamond. And the city will shine like a diamond, and of course you can see a city of pure gold. The gold is so pure that you can see through it. We don't have that kind of gold on earth. In fact, we don't have many of these gems that the scripture is speaking of here in this 21st chapter, but it describes the city. And before I go too far, I just want to begin by saying the city is four square and it is beautiful. The city is four square, and it is beautiful. Look at verse 10. He carried me away in the spirit to a 
great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, like a diamond in our day. And had a wall great and high. Everybody say great and high. And 12 gates were in that great and high wall. And at the gate, 12 angels, an angel at each gate. And the names thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, one on the east three gates, or on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now, I want to stop right there, and I want to talk about this, this, this wall that's high and this foundation. Because the Bible says that the wall is great and high. There are 12 gates, three gates on each side. This city, we'll see as we look at the measurements, it's about 1,500 miles square. 1,500 miles one way, 1,500 miles the second way, all four ways, 1,500 miles. And 1,500 miles straight up. It describes a cube. Many theologians believe that it describes a pyramid, but I don't, I don't um, cleave to that feeling simply because pyramids is where you put dead bodies. And no, nothing dead's going to be in this holy city. So I, don't think, I think the pyramid speaks for itself. It was held in high esteem for witchcraft and things like that. I think the city's going to be a cube. It will be huge, 1,500 miles straight up. 1,500 miles in every direction. And I want you to understand that it is over half the size of the United States of America. If you set it down in the United States, it would cover over half of the landmass of the United States. It is as big as the moon. It is huge. This city will house, some did the math, and they said that it will house 70 billion people. There's 8 billion on the earth today. But this city could house billions of people. One skyscraper in New York City will house 60,000 people. The little puny man making a skyscraper. But, you know, you look at this and you, and you think about it and you stop and consider that the city is so high, 1,500 miles up, and, and I do feel that um, if there's 10 billion people in the holy city of Jerusalem, I'm just pulling a number out. There's 10 billion people in the holy city of Jerusalem. Each one of us will have a one-mile square yard. If there's 20 billion in the city, we'll have a half a mile square yard. That's, a, that's more yard than I want to mow. And I'll tell you right now, I'll just settle for pure gold <laughs> or, or crystal. I'm not that thrilled about grass. God does like green. 
Because many of the gems that are mentioned in this um, order of gems that are put in the foundation has a lot of green in it. And um, I want to talk, first of all, about the wall. If you, if you figure out the measurements of the wall, the wall is about 216, 220 feet thick. It doesn't tell us how high the wall is. It does say the wall is great, the wall is high, but it doesn't say exactly how high the wall is. But it does show us that it's 216 to 220 feet thick. Now that's a thick wall. And that wall you can see through like pure glass. You can see through the wall. Why? Because you get to see the city pure as gold. On the wall is three gates on each side, the four square city. There's three gates on each, all four sides, three, three gates, which are gates of pearl. And these gates of pearl, I don't want you to get in your head where there's one big old round pearl up there that's hanging on hinges, swinging around. That's not the picture we got here. It says that the pearl, each one, several, each pearl made the gate. In other words, the gate is made of one pearl. Doesn't mean it's round. Doesn't mean, it just means that God didn't have to cut pieces out to make the gate. The gate is so huge that it's made of pure pearl. The pearl gates wide open, never to be closed. And an angel stands at each gate. You say, I thought it was Peter. No, that's a cigarette commercial. It's not Peter. There's 12 angels, an angel at each gate. Those angels, I don't know how big they are, maybe 10 feet, maybe 20 feet, maybe 100 feet tall. I don't know how big they are. I mean, no, angels come in all shapes and sizes and very tall and some short. I, I assume there's some short. I don't know. But I know angels are majestic creatures. And there'll be an angel at each gate and the pearl will be open, standing there in that see-through wall like Jasper. And the angel is not going to say, hello, welcome to the New Jerusalem. I don't think the angel's there to block anybody from going in. I don't think the angel's there to protect God or protect the church or anybody else that's in the city. I believe the angel in consistence with the scripture probably shout, holy, 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 day and night. As you approach that beautiful Wall of Jasper. It may be 1,500 feet tall. I don't, 1,500 miles high. I don't know. It doesn't say how tall, but I'm sure that it's not like this compared to this. I'm sure it's a pretty good sized wall. And those are pretty, and it, only, it doesn't say how big the pearls are. But it does say on each of the pearl will be the names of the, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's what it says. And did you know that, I think it's in Numbers chapter 2, it tells us the order in which 
when they traveled across the wilderness, God took the children of Israel across, and each tribe had an allotted space where they had to camp. Their encampment had to be at a certain place. So when, when the, the procession stopped, the cloud stopped moving, they stopped to put up the tabernacle, the, the uh, tabernacle of God, and each tribe was to get in their certain place in their encampment. And they were to encamp around the tabernacle in a cube-like setting. And each one was given their proper place. I'm thinking if God is going by Numbers chapter 2 about how the sides will have three pearl gates, the north side we find in Numbers chapter 2 was the three tribes. At one pearl will be Nephtali. The second pearl on the north side, the tribe of Asher. The third pearl on the north side, the tribe of Dan. On the west side, the tribe of Ephraim. The second pearl on the west side, the tribe of Manasseh. The third pearl on the west side, the tribe of Benjamin. On the east side, the first pearl, the tribe of Judah. The second pearl on the east side, the tribe of Eschar. The third pearl on the east side, the tribe of Zebulon. On the south side, the first pearl, the tribe of Gad. The second pearl inscribed on that pearl, the tribe of Simeon. The third pearl on the south side inscribed is the name Reuben. I think it's interesting that that's probably how it will be laid out in the new city Jerusalem. Bet you didn't know that, huh? I didn't know it either until I got to studying. And even then, we, do, we can't prove that that's the way it'll be. But one thing we can do is we can prove by Revelation chapter 21 that the names of the tribes of Israel, each tribe will be inscribed on each one of the pearls, the 12 pearls of that holy city. Now, the foundations have 12 foundations. And written on the 12 foundations inscribed is the apostles, the 12 apostles. And there's 12 of them. And so if we're going to look at the names of the 12 apostles on the foundations, and I realize right now we're in kind of a murky water and you, you may be a little bored with what I'm saying, but we'll, we'll get to going in a minute. I'll get goofy after a while. But I have no doubt in my mind the first foundation will probably be Simon Peter. His name on the foundation. Second, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew. Third, James. That's big James. That's the brother of John. Fourth, John. Fifth, Philip. Sixth, Bartholomew. What a name. But it'll look good on that foundation. Seven, Thomas. Eighth, foundation, Matthew. 
Ninth foundation, James, which is James the Less, son of Altheus. Tenth foundation, Judas, which changed his name to Thaddeus, which I don't blame, not Iscariot. Simon Zelotus, the eleventh foundation, and the twelfth foundation, Judas Iscariot. Well, he won't be on the foundation, but Judas Iscariot was the twelfth uh, apostle. You'll find this in Matthew 10, verse 2 through 4, Mark chapter 3, verse 16 through 19, Luke chapter 6, 13 through 16, Acts chapter 1, verse 13. Who's going to take the 12th foundation? Well, if you're going to go by what they did in the book of Acts, Matthias will be on that. If you're going to go by, maybe it's Apostle Paul, maybe Paul will be on it. But we know that on those 12 foundations will be the 12 apostles, Judas excluded, Matthias or Paul taking its place. Judas goes to his place. Now, now we're going to get into some really good stuff. Because in studying this, I, I understand more about the city than I've ever understood before when I go back and look at Lucifer's fall. Let's read just a little bit. The city is four square. That's 1,500 miles like a cube. And I think we need to read these, these uh, different stones. Verse 12 says, The wall was great and high. And talked about on the east gate, one north, three gates, and south, three gates, and the west, three gates, which is the names of the 12 tribes. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he talked with me, the angel, and he had a golden reed to measure the city. Aren't you glad... I, if I was John, I'd be so glad the angel's measuring. 1,500 miles in every direction, that's a job for an angel, not a human being. And so he measures the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lies four square, the length as large as the breadth, the measure of the city with reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length of the breadth of the height of, of it are equal, that is 1,500 miles square. He measured the wall thereof, 144 cubics according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel, that's 216 foot thick wall. And the building of the wall was of jasper and the city was pure gold like an under clear glass. In other words, this city is a see-through city. That's awesome. A see-through city. Now notice what this see-through city is sitting on. It's sitting on foundations. It says the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all men or precious stones, the first foundation stone, of course, was Jasper, the second sapphire, the third Chalcedony, and the fourth emerald. Now, let's look at this just for a minute. The clear wall that's like Jasper, see-through, 216 feet thick, that wall sits on top of the 12 foundations. I don't know how deep the foundations go, but it's in the wall the gates of Pearl are, the gates into the city. 
So obviously, the city will have a lower level. And the lower level's in those 12 foundations. How thick those foundations are, I don't know. But I'm sure that they are as thick as the wall. And so it's almost like you go in and you, you I, there probably won't be elevators, but you walk in and say, I want to go down to St. Peter's floor. I'd like to go down to Andrew's floor. See that? It's very possible that the children of Israel, many of them will live outside the city and they will be instructed to come through the gate that got their name on it. Don't know that to be fact. I, I, I think if you're one of God's children, you can take any door you want. Hello. But notice the beautiful thing about this. And, and I, I want you to, the wall goes up from the foundation. So you could look at different floors down under. And what's beautiful about these foundations, they're not covered with dirt. The foundation comes down, the holy city of Jerusalem comes down out of heaven uh, uh, like a bride adorned for her husband. Now, the thing that has me thinking that the church will be mainly the ones who live in the holy city of Jerusalem is because of two, two verses in Revelation chapter 21. And that's the second verse. It says, the last sentence of verse 2 says, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The Jewish church, the Israel was never called the bride of the church, never called the bride of Christ. And then we see in verse 9, come hither, the last sentence, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And so we need to understand that Israel is the father's wife, but the church, the bride, is the wife of the lamb, Jesus Christ. So that's why I'm led to believe that mostly the church will live in the holy city of Jerusalem. That's not saying that the others can't live there. I'm just saying that God made a place for them. And I think it probably very well could be, there you go, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Old Testament. There you go, church. This is, I promise, I delivered. This holy city is yours. And, and I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And some, someone would ask the question, well, do you really think the city's literal? Now, notice the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished. Now, the word garnished means mixed inside the wall, spread through the wall. The foundation, not the, not the jasper wall, but the foundation, garnished gemstones, precious stones, all through the foundation. Notice it says precious stones. The first jasper here. This jasper could be the one that's mixed with colors as well as, as, well as see-through. But we know the wall is see-through. Chalcedony, well, sapphire is the second one, which, um, and the third one is Chalcedony, and the fourth is emerald, the fifth is Sardox, Sardiox, the sixth is Sardis, Sardius, and the seventh, Chrysolite, and the eighth is Beryl, the ninth is Topaz, the tenth is Chrysopus, and the 11th is Jason, and the 12th is Ominous. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, several, every one a pearl, and the street was pure gold, and it was there transparent glass. Now, notice there's a list of precious stones, and no one really knows exactly the colors of these stones because 
what God has is pure and incredible. But the jasper in our day would be the diamond. But jasper can be colors of red and multicolors and, and mixed multi-reflected colors. Sapphire is a clear, deep blue. Chalcedony is a greenish stripes of other colors in it. Emerald is a bright green. Uh, Sardinux is reddish white or a dark pink. Sardis is a fiery red stone. Chrysolite is a bright, light green stone. Burl is a sea green stone. Topaz is a see-through greenish yellow. Chrysopus is yellowish and pale green, aqua green. Jacinth is violent color, and, and ominous is purple. Now, there's, there's three basic colors that we see today there's, that, you know, that's made out of the, the primary colors is red, yellow, and blue. The human eye can see 1,000 different shades of color. The human eye, 1,000 different shades of color. If you put it all together, the red, the yellow, the blue, the mix, and the different shades, the human eye can see 10 million shades of color. 10 million. What if you were to add another primary color to that, which we don't know nothing of? These, these colors are meant to reflect beauty from the city, and it will be like you know a reflection off of the, off of the, the waters of the crystal sea, the clearest crystal, and there'll be colors darting everywhere from these different places because of the gems. I wish I could explain it, but I can't. And aren't you glad you're going to a city that can't be explained completely? But if you add another primary color to it, you would have something like, oh, I don't know, a million, two or three million different shades of colors. Even, even at that place, you're going to have reflections of colors coming out through the jasper wall, coming off of the foundations and precious stones being mingled inside the foundations. And God says, that's just to start with. That's just the outer wall. That's just a, that's just a diamond-studded vinyl siding. That's just the, 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 the covering of the city. And it'll be so pure that you can see through it. Can you imagine standing on the bottom floor, the foundation where Peter is, and looking up 1,500 miles? And can see it all just like it's in your face. A city that is literal. I want you to understand that Abraham looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This city is literal. How many would agree the Garden of Eden was literal? Adam and Eve. It's a, it's a literal garden. What if I was to tell you that God has more than one garden? Hello? Judy has more than one garden. I have more than one garden. One is weeds and the other is whatever. But there's an interesting scripture found in Lucifer's fall in Ezekiel 28. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 28 and let's read something about Lucifer. Lucifer. 
Because here in this scripture, we find that God has not a green or tree or vegetation type garden. He has a gemstone, precious material stones. God has a garden like that. I guess you could call it God's rock garden. But his rocks are a lot prettier than our rocks. Notice verse 13, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Well, it's true that Lucifer had been in the garden of Eden where the trees of good and knowledge of evil and good was there. It's true that Lucifer was in the garden of Eden and, and tempted Eve and, and there was a fall. But it's also true that God has more than one garden. You say, how do you know that? Well, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13, thou hast been in the garden of uh, been in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, sardis, topaz, and diamond, and beryl, and onyx, and uh, jasper, and sapphire, and emerald, and carbuncle, and gold, and the workmen of thy tablet, uh, tablets, uh, and of the pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Do you see a connection with the city? Yeah. So, the Garden of Eden was greenery, flowers, beauty, trees. But the holy city Jerusalem will be gems, precious stones, beautiful structures that God has made, a literal city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I don't know about you, but that excites me. When I stop and think about this city, and, and I realize chapter 21, we hear the phrase, a new heaven and a new earth, right? A new heaven and a new earth. And it talks about a new heaven and a new earth, and very little is told about either one. What is told about the new heaven and new earth is very little, except that it's not a makeover, it's not a rebuild, it's not a remodeled, it is a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Brand new, new heaven and new earth. And very little is said about it. Well, no wonder the holy city of Jerusalem's coming down. And it kind of took all the space out of the Bible. I guess God doesn't want us to know everything about the new world, the new earth. And he maybe doesn't want us to know everything about the new heaven. But we're going to speculate a little bit because I think it's important that we see this. The Bible doesn't say that the new city of Jerusalem comes to the planet itself. It just says it comes down out of heaven. So I'm going to assume that it just kind of suspends above the earth somewhat. Kind of, like a, uh, kind of like an incredible supernatural satellite. As big as the moon. And it hovers over the earth. And the holy city of Jerusalem not only gives the earth light, but water and life. The holy city of Jerusalem will sustain the new earth. It will be the life of the planet earth, the new earth that's coming, the holy city of Jerusalem. Because the Bible says the new earth won't have an ocean, have no more sea. It'll have no more storms, no more sea. Uh, I don't know how the oxygen is going to be made or even if we needed to breathe oxygen. I don't know. But I know this that it will be the lamb and his light that gives temperature to the earth because the Bible says the has no need of the sun, has no need of the moon, 
Now, does that mean the moon and the sun's gone? I don't know. The sun could still be there, but Jesus outshines the sun. The moon could be there, but Jesus is more effective, more effective than the moon. It may not be there. It may be there. It doesn't matter as long as my Lord is there, as long as God is there. But it says it has no need of the sun, has no need of the moon, because the lamb will be the light thereof, and the, and the blessing of God will come on that new earth because of the holy city, Jerusalem. I saw verse 22, the city had no need. Aren't you glad the city has no need? Verse 23, I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Verse 23, and the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it and the Lamb is the light thereof and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. The gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there one long day, and there shall bring forth the glory and honor uh, of the nations into it, the glory to glory by God, and there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whosoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now let me say this real quick. Just outside the city is not a bunch of dogs. Just out the city is not a bunch of sorcerers or false teachers. Just outside the city is not about, just outside of this new city, Jerusalem, new heaven and earth, when it says just without it means they're outside the new creation. They're, they're beyond the new creation. They're, they're outside of this new creation that God has made. They don't exist. Now, we can look at the new earth, and I just, you know, I'm, I, I want to give you, well, I just want to raise your eyebrows a little bit before we go into chapter 22 on Christmas morning. I want to raise your eyebrows a little bit. Remember, there's very little said about the earth or the heaven. I, I'm going to speculate. I'm going to speculate the fact that heaven never has a storm. There's not a demon anywhere. The prince of the power of the air is in the lake of fire. There's not disease in this atmosphere. There's no corruption. There's no disease, no sickness, no death, no, no hurricanes, no tornadoes, no storms, no smoke coming up from wildfires and forest fires. The heavens will be new, fresh, no smog, no poison, clear, blue, beautiful sky. And I say blue, it may be pink. I don't know. It could be any other color because God's creating a new heaven and a new earth. And new means sometimes a different color. I know that the earth won't have a sea, meaning that there won't be any hurricanes. And, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to throw these out. We're going to give an invitation in just a minute, but I just want to throw these out for you to think about because... Um, there's not a lot said about the earth and, and the new earth and the new heaven. The question I guess I would ask, and I've asked it before, well, who's on the earth? Who's on the earth? If, 
if much of the people are in the whole city of Jerusalem, who are the nations that bring glory to God? Who are the nations that come to the holy city of Jerusalem for the leaves or the healing of the nations? Who are these people on planet Earth? Speculation. Who are they? Well, I, I do believe that many of them will be Jewish people. And the reason I believe that many of them will be Jewish people is because God promised the Jewish people an earthly inheritance. He promised them a land. Are you listening to me? God promised Israel land. Um, I want to sh- sh- read a scripture to you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. Now, in the 17th chapter of Genesis, Abraham is promised the promised land. He was promised land that is perpetual, never ending. The church was never promised that, but Israel is promised that, a perpetual land. Deuteronomy 4, verse 40 says, Thou shalt keep there for his statutes, speaking of God, his commandments, which I command thee this day, that thou may go well with with thee and thy children after thee, the children that come after thee, and thou mayest prolong the days upon the earth which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Now, trust me, the holy city of Jerusalem is for everybody. No doubt about it. But it also is a city of great pure commerce. And Israel will come to and fro, and and don't misunderstand me, there may be some uh, um, Israel that lives in the city, but what throws me is that scripture where it says the holy city is like a bride adorned for her husband. What throws me is it says that the holy city is the bride, and nowhere in the Old Testament is the Old Testament saints called the bride of Christ, or the bride of the Lamb, or the bride of anything. The Old Testament saints is the wife of God the Father, promised land. Now, you say, but Abraham looked for a city. I know he did, and and the Jews did too, and everybody else. So you and I are looking for a city. But I just want to say that I do believe that earth will be filled with many, many, not only Gentiles, but also Jews that will live in the new earth. I also believe and we'll see this in chapter 22, that, it, that the new city of Jerusalem will hover over the planet, giving food, life, blessing to the earth, the new earth. I believe the scripture says there's a river of life flowing from the throne of God. I believe there will be waterfalls coming off of the holy city of Jerusalem down to planet earth, and there will be lakes. There will be streams. There will be water. There will be, but no sea. There'll be pure water coming from the throne of God. I believe earth will have its lakes. Earth will have its streams. Earth will have its water, but it will come from the throne of God, and I believe there'll be great greater than Niagara Falls, washing out of the city Jerusalem, that holy city Jerusalem, watering the earth. And the earth will be a place like Eden. Vegetation will be there. The blessing. And you say, well, animals be in heaven? I don't know, but there's a whole new earth that's going to be suitable for all animals. So on this new earth, probably there will be animals. They won't be aggressive or won't be angry. They, they'll be vegetarian. As the Indian said, you know what a vegetarian is? It's poor hunter. But anyway, but you know, it, it'd be a place of blessing. I believe that, and here's why I'm going to really raise your eyebrows. 
God's a good God. What about all the children that were born in the millennium? What about all the children that have died through the centuries? Will they be allowed to grow up to a certain age and stop? Will they be allowed to go to earth and the new earth and live out their life in pureness without any sickness or disease or heartbreak? What about it? How about all the people before the flood? There was, the earth was full. And you can't get it over to me that everybody on, before the flood, perhaps a billion people or so, on the earth when the flood came, Noah and eight souls were saved because Noah obeyed God and built an ark. But you can't convince me that all them little babies that drowned in the flood of Noah, God's going to condemn to condemnation. You can't convince me of that. You can't convince me of the fact that all them that did not know the gospel because it was in the days of Noah before Moses, before the law. You cannot convince me that everybody that died in the flood, yes, there were wicked people that died in the flood. Yes, there were wicked people that deserved to go to hell. But you can't convince me that everybody on the planet deserves to go to hell. You can't convince me that everybody on the planet deserves to be banished from God. What happens to them? Well, Maybe they got a place on the new earth. You say, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, you can believe what you want to. I'm going to hang on to this because God's a good God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 through 20. I've always wondered about this scripture for Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits where? In prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in what days? The days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, where for a few, that is, eight souls were saved. I believe personally. Now, once again, I'm speculating, but I believe that there has been a gospel preached to the spirits in prison. I believe there has been a witness to those that needed to hear the saving power of Jesus Christ that didn't have that chance. And I think many of these people probably will live on the new earth. I know, you're going, preacher, you're really out there. Yeah, I kind of like to take a vacation once in a while. I'm out there. But you can't convince me that God isn't fair. You can't convince me that God is so close-minded, he isn't just. You can't convince me that God has just banished innocent people into the fires of hell forever now, the wicked, they should be there. But you can't convince me that the children, the innocent, those that were good people, but yet they lived among a wicked generation. You can't convince me that that group of people is banished away from God forever. I think there's going to be a reconciliation. And I believe that the new earth that the Bible speaks of in chapter 22 is including a whole lot of people is coming home. A whole lot of people are going to enjoy the new earth. 
And what's beautiful is they'll all be saved. They'll all be born again. And because they're all born again and all changed, they will not, they will not be able to sin because there's no desire to sin because it's been removed from them and Satan is in hell. Never to ever get out. See, the whole process is to get people where there's no more sin. The whole process is to get it to the place where God can say, okay, it's done. All things are done. New heaven, new earth, uh, new holy city, Jerusalem. The, the beautiful garden of gemstones is there. Satan is missing. He's gone. Life is here. The church is redeemed. The church, the, the nation of Israel has uh, been given what was promised to them. The nations will come into that holy city, Jerusalem. The goodness of the Lord will wash over the land and it'll be a brand new creation, brand new creation, new heaven and new earth with a holy city, Jerusalem. And the church is going to be very involved with that holy city. Amen. You know, I see the connection. And the connection is with the new earth and the new heaven and the new city of Jerusalem, it connects people to the people before the flood. Connects people to the people who fell. And it connects people who maybe live somewhere in their conscience. God spoke to their conscience. You know, they'll be judged by their conscience. You know, I, I got a real problem with believing that God is just wiping out children because he's sovereign and he's done. I don't believe that for a second. I believe God is a God of love. And God is going to judge the wicked. God is going to condemn the wicked into hell. God is going to put the devil and his angels in the lake of fire. And God is going to put evil people in the lake of fire, and there they will burn forever. That is the Bible. But God's working around everything so that everybody gets a chance. That everybody is treated fair and just. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing that holy city, Jerusalem. I'm mean, looking forward to seeing that. Amen. Now, I realize that some of the things I said, when we get there, you're going to look at me and say, you were wrong, preacher. You know, how I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to say when you look at me and say, you were wrong, preacher. You look at the new city, Jerusalem, it'll be incredible. And you'll look at me and say, you were wrong, preacher. You know what I'm going to say? For about 10,000 years. And then after 10,000 years, I said, boy, was I wrong. But the main thing is to get there. The main thing is we get to go to that holy city. Abraham's going to get to go. The Old Testament saints are going to get to go. The new church is going to get to go. The born-again saints of God are going to get to go. People are going to get to live on a new earth, a new heaven, a new earth, and we're going to enjoy the blessings of that holy city, Jerusalem. It'll be so massive, so big. Amen. My, my yard may be a mile long, and I'll tell the Lord, I need some more diamonds over here and rubies and sapphire because I don't want grass. I want rubies, diamonds. You know what they call rock gardens out in Nevada? I gave it away. They call them gardens. And God says, Lucifer, you were in 
my garden. Garden of Eden, yes, but the other garden too with all the precious stones. And one day he's going to be expelled completely. Now, my question to you would be this. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Have you made peace with God? Are you sure that you're a Christian? Because as sure as I'm standing here, the holy city of Jerusalem is a literal place. Heaven is a literal place. God is a literal God. Hell is a literal place. Judgment is a literal thing, event. And as sure as I'm standing here talking to you, one day God will return to planet Earth to the process of rapture, great tribulation, judgment, sorting of the nations, millennium, outpouring, melting of the heaven and earth, the great white throne judgment, devil and, and his uh, crowd cast in the lake of fire, everything melted down, and God creates a new heaven and a new earth. And then John stands going, and God says, John, write it down. What? You heard me? Write it down, John. And John writes it down. And after he writes it all down, you know what I do? Because that's all you can do when you stand outside chapter 21 and see the city. Oh. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of any man what God has in store for you and I. But it's only to them that are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's only to you that have given your hearts to Christ, have repented of your sin, and allowed Jesus Christ to come into your life. We'll be in chapter 22, Christmas morning. Saturday, Christmas Eve, is Judy and I's wedding anniversary. Best Christmas gift she ever got was me. I think that's the other way around. The best gift I ever got was her. 47 years. 47 years. Wow. And of those 47 years, I've been saved 45 of them. And I was a doozy when she first married me. I tell you, I was something else. But God changed my life and gave me eternal life. God wants to do that for you. Amen? Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. My question is, are you ready to go to this city? Are you, you know, that's pretty cool, the 12 tribes of Israel, their name on each pearl. How many of you agree that's cool? Yeah. And, the, and the apostles written on the foundation. How many agree that's cool? How many would agree that the 12 foundations are lower than the Jasper Wall? And the gates, so that means there are 12 floors down. 1,500 miles. The holy city of Jerusalem is 1,500 by 1,500 cube. Did you know the holiest of holies was 15 feet by 15 feet, 15 feet, and 15 feet up? The holiest of holies was a cube. 
15 feet square and 15 feet up. And the holy city is 1,500 feet cube and 1,500 feet up. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. 1,500, not feet, 1,500 miles. Somebody correct me when I get stupid. Come on. 1,500 miles. That's a long way. It's a long way. Say, how are you going to travel? I don't know and really don't care. I just want to be in there. If I have to take a ladder to the top floor, I just want to be there. I won't have to take a ladder. I won't have to take an elevator. I can probably just sink my way up there. Amen? I'll just sink my way up there. That new city, that holy city, Jerusalem. So, Josh going to play and sing. My question is to you today, are you ready to go to that city? You got to be born again or you'll never see that city. You got to be saved. You got to let Jesus Christ come in your life or you'll never experience this beautiful heaven, this beautiful earth. You'll never get there without the Lamb. That's your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to go there. I want to go there and just enjoy that 1,500 miles every direction. Straight up. Beautiful place. I want to enjoy the blessing, the river of life flowing from the throne room of God and the tree of life on either side of that river. Water and light flooding the earth. The blessings of God coming to a brand new earth. Totally different. Just something we can't even imagine. New creation. New place. Altar's open. We're coming.